You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. This is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly, founder of Agape Moms, and I'm just so thrilled to have you joining me today. Here on the podcast, we talk about discovering you on the journey through. I am a firm, firm, firm believer that every single mom can discover a life of peace, of power, and of purpose, and she can do it right through the things that God is carrying her through in her season as a single mom. Today's topic is control. (laughs) I know that for myself, this has been something God has really been working on in me, in my singleness, that in my life, up to the point where I got divorced, that I relied a lot on routines and structures and having things just so to get through what was otherwise a pretty chaotic situation. And if I'm being really honest, I've done this my whole entire life. If I even look at myself as a child, I was typical type A, overachiever kind of kid. And I have a letterman jacket that is full of letters and awards and accolades and It really was all me trying to control the way I felt about myself, that if I could just do enough and be enough that I'd feel okay. And in my divorce and in my singleness, God has been stripping all of that away and showing me all the things that I relied on instead of him. And so in this conversation, we're going to talk about control and the things that we do or have done in the past that might actually be holding us back from exploring the new life that God has for us in this single season. You know, control is this thing that can become awfully addictive. It's something that very often we rely on our own strength and our own way of doing things. And as single parents, there's just some times where we can't control everything. We can't control what an ex-partner does. We can't control the way our kids would respond or behave. And I think in being a single parent, God has shown me how much I really don't have control. But he's also shown me how good he can be if I just lay things down. And my guest today is Robert Beeson from Solo Parent Society. And he's here to talk about some things that he's learned in terms of how to actually lay down control, trust God, and surrender to not only his work in our lives, but his power. I think when it comes to trusting God, the biggest thing that becomes a hiccup for us is so many things that we've trusted him before don't pan out. They don't work. Even trusting ourselves, we know we don't have it all. And so sometimes we attribute that to God. Sometimes we wonder if God really is good or if he has our best interest in mind or if he's going to take on a certain situation. And I think that only in those times where we're forced to give up control do we really see that God is good, God is in all of it with us, and that he's working on something that he's not done yet. But it's laying down that illusion of control that so many of us walk around with that is the struggle. Robert has a lot of wisdom on this subject, and he's a great storyteller, so I think you'll enjoy what he has to say on the subject. Control actually is one of the seven loneliness traps that I've identified and put in a free guide called The Seven Loneliness Traps. 
Now, loneliness is something that is different for all of us and we experience it all differently. And I'm out to encourage every single parent out there that they can understand what their experience with loneliness looks like, but then also how to heal it. And the first step in that is actually identifying what I call your loneliness type. And I have a free quiz, really short quiz, to help you do that. So if you go to agapemoms.com forward slash quiz, you can actually learn what your loneliness type is and the traps that go along with that. And then I have a whole bunch of resources to help you with unraveling what goes into your loneliness experience and then how to heal it. So again, if you want to get started on that journey, that's agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. As we get started today, I'd like to tell you about today's guest, Robert Beeson. Robert enjoyed a lavish 17-year career as the founder of Essential Records and former senior vice president of Sony slash Provident. He oversaw the signing and or development of artists like Jars of Clay, Third Day, Michael W. Smith, and Casting Crowns, as well as many others. Unfortunately, the fast-paced lifestyle provided little foundation for a healthy home, and 13 years into his marriage, his wife left. Robert found himself raising his three daughters, ages 9, 7, and 4, on his own. And although this wasn't the path he would have chosen, it altered his course and reframed his understanding of every aspect of life. During Robert's solo season, as he calls it, he learned three pivotal things— First, there were little, if any, Christian resources or support for single parents. Second, the season of brokenness is the perfect opportunity to experience the richness of God's love and the provision of God's grace. And third, one out of every three homes in the U.S. are currently in that broken solo season. Now, through all this, Robert knew he couldn't just go back into the industry that had been his life. And so instead, he knew he had to do something to help single parents find the same hope that he had found. And help churches to see these broken homes as opportunities to care for modern-day widows and orphans. And so in 2017, he founded Solo Parent Society. And in 2018, he left his full-time job to invest his full focus into launching the movement to help single parents and their families thrive. In just a few short months, the support groups have actually spread from Robert's hometown of Franklin, Tennessee into 18 states and Canada. And now that he has a weekly podcast that has over 100,000 downloads, and Robert's story has been published in a book by Focus on the Family called Going Solo. I actually lead a solo parent society group at my church. And in this episode, you'll hear a little more about how you can join a group or even start one in your own community. Here's my conversation with Robert Beeson. Robert, I wanted to thank you so much for joining me in this conversation today. I love your book, your ministry, all the things that you're doing to take what was a difficult season in your life and encourage other people with it. And you talk pretty significantly about our solo seasons and you're pretty candid about the fact that there's a lot of wrestling that goes on in that, but then also a lot of growth that comes out of that. Hmm. I wanted to know if you'd start us off by talking about how you wrestled with trusting God again during your solo season. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, I love what you're doing, <clears throat> Michelle, and I'm excited to, to get a chance. There's so few people that are taking up the mantle and speaking to these issues that, that you know, one third of our households in America are mm -hmm. facing as single parents. So thanks for having me on. I love what you're doing. Um, I think the idea of, of struggle doubting his goodness and and kind of and wrestling with just where am i now i it took me a long time 
to get to the place where I, I relinquished control. You know, when you go through a divorce, um, I think the, the primary thing that we're all going after is control in some way, because if um, just by default, so you're trying to control a situation that was out of control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that be custody issues or, or boundaries with our ex or just a new norm, it's just all about control. That's a natural thing to, to feel that way. But I had to learn that it's, it's not about answering all the why questions and trying to have all the things lined up properly. I had to start surrendering and getting to the place where it was okay not being in control. And that's so hard. And I have to say that you said, what was it like to feel this again? Or to, you know, honestly, I don't think I ever understood trusting God like I did when I entered my solo season, because there was so many unknowns, um, variables with the court system and, you know, custody issues and just all kinds of things. It's impossible to control it all. And so it was pretty foundational in me coming to an understanding of who God was at his heart and his heart for me when I relinquished control and started trusting him for the first time. And it's a process. It's not something that you, you know, flip a switch and go, okay, I got this now, God, I, I totally trust you. So it's a journey, but it's it's one that I think can really refine us into the people that he wants us to be. I have an appreciation for what you just said as far as, I don't know if I ever trusted him really even beforehand, because I yeah. think that's what's becoming clear to me now is that when you're in an unhealthy situation or when you yourself are unhealthy, that tendency to grab for control really is how you manage a lot of your life. So even if it looks really sparkly and shiny on the outside, and you certainly had a lifestyle that really looked great to a lot of people, but deep down on the inside, it takes sometimes this type of a situation for us to really dive into what is surrender? What is trust? What is saying, I'm not doing this my way anymore. You're exactly right. You know, I found out that um, after I went through the divorce and I talk about kind of like the rug being ripped out from underneath you, I realized how much I'd come to depend on all these different roles that I played in life. They kind of formed my identity and I didn't want them to be taken away. I wanted to have some sense of control. I wanted to be seen as a, you know, uh, an executive that was successful or a good father or a good husband or whatever. And when that's all taken away, it's scary. It's so scary. Oh, yeah. For the first time, you start getting back to those things that we have depended on to create our identity are now not as important because what's important is our relationship, you know, with God as our father, as we are, not as what we have performed to be. And I think that's the confusing part is when you're in that performing space of just going through the motions and you know, you might still be involved in church. You might be doing all the Christian things. And so you don't really know how much you have propped these things up and put your trust in them until they are taken away from you. And sometimes, I mean, while that's a painful process, that's God's mercy for us that we would not Mm -hmm. artificially use those things to support ourselves when he really has what we need. But sometimes it's that ripping away that where all that realization comes from. It sucks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but in the middle of that, so we have though, we wrestle with doubt and then we wrestle with shame for having doubt and that kind of thing. How do you think we can deal with those feelings that we feel like we're not quote unquote supposed to have as we're on that journey? 
That's a great question. And I think it's really important to answer, but it goes back to what you were saying, uh, this idea of performance. You know, if we've been, if we've spent any time in the Christian space or the faith space, we've got this idea that in order to be not a successful Christian, but a good Christian, that we are supposed to do certain things. We should be a certain way. And I think it's really important to pay attention to the way we feel and to not demonize the things that we're going through. Um, in fact, I think that prolongs our time in a solo season if we're not honest with taking inventory of how we feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying be controlled by how you feel and, and let that become part of your identity. But one of the things that my mom shared with me early on is the importance of letting things out and um, anger being one of them. I remember one day we had just gone through mediation and it actually went well, but it was you know, it's traumatic. Everything about divorce sucks. But so I came home and I talked to her on the way home and I got home and, and she said on the way home, she said, listen, Robert, I want you to do something really weird. You need to let, you need to do something with this anger. And so I want to encourage you to find some things that you can destroy, that you can smash, that you can let, let out. Um, because if you, if you don't get it out, it'll, it'll do you in. And so I came home and I, you know, I grabbed some things that were significant about my marriage, glasses that we bought in Italy and um, various things. And I just, I remember distinctly going into the garage, putting all these things in a, in a pillowcase and one by one praying to God and going, God, I give this to you, but I'm furious. And I smash these things. And, you know, that sounds kind of like, of course the kids weren't around. Can you imagine the kids like heard that going on? (laughs) This is, it's, got to be appropriate. But what I found about that is there was this freedom that I was able to own my anger and I was able to go to God in my anger. The Bible talks about Jesus in his, you know, he's, he is so stressed that he's sweating blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how, and he says to his father, if there's any way that this cup can pass, please let that be. Yeah, your will be done. So that's a demonstration of how we have to own the dark things that, that sometimes in Christian circles, you're not supposed to feel and you can shame yourself for feeling those things. Jesus on the cross cries out to, to his father. Why have you forsaken me? I mean, those are desperate cries. It's an important thing that you brought up and it's really important to, to own our feelings, to not shame ourselves for those feelings. And I think also to, to process through those. And that's why we do what we do at Solo Parent Society is have a safe place where you can own these things. The weird thing that single parents have is this contradiction. They can feel totally free from something that was so abusive or mm-hmm. just de- toxic. At the same time, they feel totally afraid. So we live in this, these contradictory feelings. And mm. unless we explore each one of them, we're not going to um, successfully process through what God has in this time. So yeah, it's really important to, to feel what you feel. Well, and I think sometimes the place where we get caught is by saying that something is right or wrong and that there's a lot of um, performance even that can get built into that where I'm not supposed to feel this way because it's wrong or it's a sin or, you know, that kind of thing. And God knows all of the pieces. The only person we're fooling is us. God already knows Mm -hmm. all the pieces that are in there. And so if we're willing to look at it rather than right or wrong, more as a growth continuum, I think as far as 
okay, I'm not healed here, but I want to get there and I can grow to that, then there's mm -hmm. less of shame to say, well, maybe I'm not where I want to be, but I can grow out of this. And mm -hmm. there's an, but that acceptance has to be in there somewhere in order to say, yes, le legitimately, this is where I'm at today. This is what I feel today. And I need to take some steps in order to progress to that next place. And right. in your book, Going Solo, you talk about some of those steps. You talk about some disciplines that you learned in this season and you call them the four P's. Mm -hmm. So I wondered if you would talk about the four P's a little bit and how you discovered this. Yeah. So the four P's, it's not something that, you know, came to me as like, okay, here's the recipe to get through this. I think after going through what I went through and being intentional about the time that I was in, journaling, blogging, all that kind of thing, I started seeing like a roadmap a little bit and some things that I had done, certainly a lot of things I did wrong, but there were certain things that became kind of anchors for me. And I call them the four P's and I haven't prepped enough, so I hope I don't mess this up, but <laughs> not in no particular order. They are um, prayer, perspective, practices, and pause. And each one of those things is significant. I'll, I'll just run through them real quick. Um, the first one is perspective. This is about choosing to believe that God is in the midst of rebuilding and redeeming the season. We don't get a chance, we don't get uh, a choice to determine everything goes around us. What we do have a choice about is, is how we respond to that. And so daily, I found myself trying to adopt a perspective of and an expectation that God was in this. And so when I started forcing myself to look at things that way, to force that perspective, I found God in things. And I mean, you know, it's the saying, you, you, you get what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so if I'm looking for things to be unhappy about, I'm, I'll find them. If I'm mm -hmm. looking for things that God is in, I'll find it. Mm -hmm. The second thing is prayer. And this is not one that uh, I, my prayer life was always a part of my life, but it changed in my solo season to be almost an ongoing dialogue, almost as if I'm driving and Jesus is in the seat next to me. So it's just, and I can let anything out. I can, God forbid, I, I had some bad language. I can't believe this, blah, 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 blah. You know, like that's what prayer became for me. It became this constant, like I can, it's not a formality. It's, it's just ongoing communication with God. Mm -hmm. Practices is adopting rituals in our life that, that our kids can count on and that kind of ground us. They uh, build up a sense of stability in our lives. That can, I, I talk about it kind of extensively in the book, but it can be as simple as making sure that you eat together three times a week. But being intentional about what we do with our life is so important. Uh, to not only help us get through this, but to enrich our lives as we're in it. So be intentional about practices. The final one is pause. And this is probably the most significant one to me. Um, we live in a chaotic society. <clears throat> when we go through divorce or the death of a spouse, um, or certainly if you haven't been married, life is chaotic. I had three girls that I was raising on my own and um, I had full-time custody so it was just mayhem around our house all the time. I started adopting this idea of putting myself in alone time once a day, at least once a day, where I would just literally say the girl's dad's putting himself in alone time and I would go in my room and just pause. There is something to the scripture about being still and knowing God. Being still is an action. It is something that we have to be 
intentional about it. It's mm-hmm. not, you're going to find yourself in quiet and then you'll know God. No, it says be still. And so I took that seriously and I would, I would lay on my bed. I mean, not on my bed, on the floor. And I would just focus on my breathing and I would ask God to meet me. And there is something that happens in stillness where I believe God recharges us. And um, I felt I, that's my testimony. I can tell you that my life changed because I was deliberate about carving out time to pause. And so those are the four principles um, in a, a 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Well, and what you're talking about as far as pausing and perspective, especially for me, I have already a very busy thought life. My head is, there's constantly movement going on in there. And I think for anybody though, regardless, when you're going through this season and this upheaval, you're constantly racked with anxiety and doubt and fear and all that kind of thing. And getting your mind quiet, as you said, it's it's an intentional choice, but then once you're there, God will Mm. do so much in that space, but you, you do have to make the space for it. Right. In the solo season, as Robert puts it, we're talking about the fact that there are just lots of big emotions and big things to work through, whether that's anger or control or whatever other types of issues that you might have. And I'd like to take a second to share with you about our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. I have enjoyed Faithful Counseling so much, not only because it's convenient and it works right through an app, but because it's just given me healthy ways to understand my emotions and to work through them so that I can really embrace the season of life that I'm in right now. If you've been looking for some Christian counseling, I highly recommend that you give Faithful Counseling a try. You can actually get 10% off of your first month if you go to getfaithful.com forward slash single mom. And one of the things that I took away from your book also, though, was for my busy thought life, looking at not the, actually not looking at the 30,000 foot view as far as like my, my circumstances, but taking one step at a time. And you, you liken it to a staircase. So mm-hmm. I'd like if you would kind of go over that metaphor a little bit too. And, you know, just what the importance is of taking in the present moment and viewing what's around us as we heal. Mm. It's so important. You know, the 23rd Psalm talks about, you know, yea, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil because you are with me. It talks about this valley as um, a place that we're moving through. It can be, it can be very tempting to want to run and get out of the valley or to say, God, why am I here? Or to say, God, get me out of this. But he doesn't promise to get us out of the valley. He says he's with us in the valley. And what happened to me was transformational because I started, like I said, looking for perspectives that were different and then being patient with myself. I think a lot of times single parents are in a hurry to get out of this penalty zone Mm because we feel like we're kind of in this, we don't fit in anywhere anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our friends group has changed. And I get that. I I felt the same way. Um, But there's something remarkable that can happen to us if we just be deliberate about the time that we're in this place. I was on a trip to, I was in Italy on the Amalfi Coast. There's these big rocks called the Fraglioni or something like that stacks. And they're these massive rock formations in the ocean. And, you know, I stood on the side. I'm like, they're beautiful. It's incredible. The person I was with is like, there's a path. Let's go down to the bottom. And I'm like, that's like way, way down there. So we did. 
long story short, we got down there. It was amazing. It was all the grandeur. But then we had to climb back up and it was seriously, seriously steep. But as I was going, I'm not I'm not one that in, enjoys stair steps or, you know, like working out, like going up and down staircases. And so it become it became really daunting. But it occurred to me as I was walking up that if I just didn't look at the whole staircase, if I just kept my head down and looked at what was right in front of me, it became a whole lot more tolerable. Not only the outcome became more tolerable, but I actually found beauty in it because on this path, there were um, these rocks that were kind of like stairs. They weren't complete stairs. They were just kind of like a rock shelf upon mm -hmm. a rock shelf. Mm -hmm. And so what I started doing was like looking at each one of these stairs and going, however many years ago, dozens, maybe a hundred years ago, someone deliberately laid this rock to help me. And so as I looked at each step as its own story, I started like being mesmerized by the step rather than what I was doing. And to me, that spoke to the solo parent journey of we can get so overwhelmed at looking at how high we have to climb or how far we have to get that we exhaust our minds, we create more stress, and we miss what God is trying to do for us. And so that became a really important part of my life of letting go of the past, letting go of thoughts of the future, and just focus on this is what I've got today. And I'm just going to live in this and take it for all that it is. And I, I'm saying this almost like it just comes because you say it. It's hard. It's mm -hmm. really, really hard. Yeah. But if you're intentional about it, it can be very helpful. Well, and I, I understand, you know, as we're talking about control, if you're going much further than the step you're on, then you do have that tendency to start to I'm going to figure this out or you get totally paralyzed like or you get distracted yeah. it's some method that you're doing to control what's going on in your life rather than really truly we always talk about i feel like dealing with the step that you're on but i love the perspective that you have that is also embracing the step that you're on mm -hmm. and saying this is what's incredible about this part of my life or this is incredible about today you know whatever it might yeah. be that it makes then that staircase not look so daunting, it actually starts to make it look like an exciting journey, I feel like. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that you talk about in the book as well, you know, that it's just that you're kind of on the edge of what God's doing in your life when you can just stay on that, that stair step and you can just start to enjoy what growth he's producing, even if it is kind of slow <laughs> or yeah. not the way that you had planned that it would go. Yeah, exactly. One of the quotes I also love from your book, you said, when I surrendered the illusion that I was in control, my spirit rested. And when I read that, I just had like a deep, like spirit exhale. I was like, oh, I get that. <laughs> Can you remember perhaps a distinct point in your solo uh, season when you stopped entirely just looking at the past or looking at the future and chose intentionally to say, I am trusting God in the present? Um. There were a few of them. There were some things that happened in my life just prior to the divorce um, that kind of woke me up. But there, there's so much about the solo season that um, that is so overwhelming. I, I can remember days where I just felt like I can't keep it together. I'm losing my mind. But I also distinctly remember in those times of pause where I would breathe and just release control. Um, I had a, a friend... Um, pass away, there was a few things that got my attention. One of the primary ones was a friend of mine played a game of soccer here 
um, locally. I was out with him the week before. He was playing a game of soccer. He fell and bumped his head. It was an indoor soccer thing and died. And I'm like going, there is so, we think we have control, but there is such a thin thread holding us up between our demise and our success. And really that's controlled by God. And so I started to choose, again, back to perspective, to go, first of all, take inventory of the past is the past. The future is the future. We can't control either one of those things, but they're real. Like it's not like positive think your way into things. Mm -hmm. It's more like taking all these things as our loaves and fishes and bringing them to Jesus and going, this is all I got. And I, I, I literally surrender this to you and I trust that you are good. And it's a daily process. And so the, the good news is that when you start doing that, muscle memory kicks in and so it gets a little bit easier. But I saw time after time after time, God's faithfulness when I surrendered. The miraculous would happen. You know, money that I didn't know how, how we were gonna do something that we needed to do just shows up. I had an, an investment situation that, I kind of exhausted my own ability to to make something happen. And I just surrendered it. And literally within a week, God provided everything we needed out of the blue from people I never knew. Um, so I think that's one of the beautiful things about the solo season is you learn, and it's not fun, it's not easy, but you learn the art of surrender, which I will tell you. Now I'm 12 years past being divorced. I am remarried. I still anchor myself on that especially like we're talking about this global pandemic and like, what is this going to look like? And what are we going to do? I can rely on that muscle memory that I took from my solo season and go, that's right. God promises he's faithful. Jehovah Jireh, he provides a way he like there, he is good and he is, you know, able to get us through, but surrender is really, really important. Well, and I think the thing that makes us less likely to surrender is all the things that we've surrendered our lives to before have let us down. They haven't, so been, right. they haven't been good, right? So when we think about surrendering to God, we have to intentionally in our mind, remember, no, you are the giver of all good things that you make everything for good. So yeah. I actually, if I'm going to give my life over to anything, it has to be you because nothing else can even come close. But I think where we entered this space with fear is from the knowledge that any surrendering we may have thought we were doing before has never measured up. Right. So when we get to that point of final surrender, that there's that, there's that scary jump, but that also can be freeing. What do you think are some of the benefits that we should really be looking towards for when we finally do turn around and surrender? Um, it, it, it's everything. I mean, it's transformational. It's, it, it changes every aspect of our life when we learn to surrender. Um, I think about some principles that, that came out of that time of surrender for me. Like you said, freeing is a good word uh, because we realize that, you know, we are dependent, but the good news is we're dependent on someone that promises to be faithful and it may not look like we want it to look or like we thought it should look, but my goodness, I'm so grateful for the things that I thought I wanted that I didn't get. Um, when we surrender, it just, it shapes our thinking and it shifts our mindset. So what comes out of that, kind of the fruit of what came out of it for me was living in the space of uh, generosity and gratefulness. Um, 
generosity because we're not in control of the outcome. We can only control the output. We have to leave the outcome to God. And so when, when you're able to do that, you start thinking about the things that you have and you're grateful for those things because you're like, it could be so much worse or thank you God for not for closing that particular door that, you know, is, is bad. And so we live in this space of being more grateful for the things that we have. And out of that comes generosity where we start realizing we actually have something to give, like what you're doing now with this podcast and launching, you know, that may not have been what you would have prescribed for your life. Certainly mm -hmm. what I do now with Solo Parent Society was not at all what I thought would be in the cards for me. Mm -hmm. um, but my goodness, I'm so grateful that he uses our story, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's because I tried not to fight him on everything. I tried mm -hmm. to just let him open things up. And it's, it's just crazy how our worldview changes from there. And so this idea of generosity and gratitude, I think are cyclical. So the more we're generous, the more we actually realize what we have and we're mm -hmm. grateful for that and vice versa. So surrender, I think, takes us on the path of those two principles, which, which still carried me through today. I see too. And as we're talking about this, that when you do surrender, that it just starts becoming this place where you're walking so in step with the Lord that you do start to see those places where you can bring comfort just as God has comforted you. Mm -hmm. And while we've talked a little bit about how that is approached in ministry, how has, how have you seen that even just with your relationship with your daughters and with your family and the people that you're closest to? Um, there was a time when I thought we were on the brink of losing a majority of what I, I really didn't want to lose. And I remember talking to my girls, and this has to be age appropriate, obviously, about how we might have to move, we might have to, things might look different, we might change schools, and I was just waiting on something to come through that didn't, I didn't know if it was going to come through. But I was able to share that with the girls. And um, then when God did come through, when I surrendered that with my family and said, I don't know what this is going to look like girls, but we're going to, we're going to pray and ask God to, to be with us and to deliver us when he does deliver. And when he does provide, it enriches and strengthens the family unit because you're able to see the miracles and the provision of God in a real way. And it's, and to let our kids see that, to not try to kind of gloss over, we've got this all together. And I'm also not saying, listen, wallow in all the things and you need right. to be appropriate. Some things are not meant for our kids to know. But when it comes to like God's provision and, and God's faithfulness, always loop them in because it, it changed the dynamic of my relationship with my girls forever. You know, it's interesting. I think we constantly want to have these like put together lives and we want to, I think that's some of the rush to get out of the single season is not, no, I want to have the put together life, but our yeah. lives are actually such a testimony to our kids and they can learn more about the heart of God, watching us walk through brokenness as we surrender and keep laying it down and explaining to them what we're doing and walking it out with them that yeah. we wouldn't otherwise be able to give them without these kind of circumstances. And I think that's just one of the things that God keeps showing me is I'm in all of it. I'm not just yeah. in the like mountaintop moments. I'm in the deep down dark valley too. And right. that's, that's the, sometimes the stuff that points us most clearly to his goodness. Exactly. 
Robert, I just, I'm so thankful for your perspective and that you have taken really clear steps to encourage other single parents that are in this season with your story and the things that God has taught you. Before we part, I always ask the guest the same question, and it's, if there's one thing that you want a single mom who's wrestling with this issue to know, what would it be? A single thing. Well, there, there's a couple things. So if you'll give me grace on having maybe Absolutely. two things. Um, <laughs> I think the primary thing is to know that you're not alone. Um, that not only is God with you, but there's a lot of people that have been where you're at. A lot of times as single parents, we can feel isolated, like that nobody quite understands what we're going through. And I can tell you from doing the solo parent society thing that we do, there's a lot more similarity with a lot more people than we think. So the first is you're not alone. And then after that, to kind of get to our, our stepping analogy, what matters right now is what you do with right now. It's not a matter of like, let's come up with this grandiose plan and let's execute and get this all fixed and together. Just be intentional and deliberate about what's right in front of you. Whether that's a conversation with your kids, whether that's a conversation with a friend, whether that's, you know, vlogging, be intentional, be deliberate. Um, spend time in the moment in this particular step, find God in it, um, because he wants to not only meet you and heal you and redeem you and get you through it, but he wants to transform you because of the solo season. What matters right now is what you're doing right now. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. I'm going to hashtag <laughs> that. That is so, so good. Uh, Robert, I want to know if you would tell us a little bit more about Solo Parent Society and the things that you're doing, what you're working on, and how listeners can stay in touch with you. Sure. So we have a website, soloparentsociety.com. Uh, we have an app, which is just called the Solo Parent app. And what we do is we have a podcast like you that comes out every Tuesday. And uh, you know, on top of the podcast, we also have support groups around the country. We, we've grown to 18 states, but um, since the pandemic hit us and you know, we're not able to get together, uh, it's, we're now moving towards an online format, which has been unbelievably cool. It's been really, really cool. So we have five meetings a week online that any parent can join. You don't have to have any kind of affiliation or whatever. We have people from Dubai, from New Zealand, from all over the United States join. So we have them five days a week. You can find out all the information about joining one of those Zoom groups on our, on our app, or you can join us on our social media uh, platform. If you just look Solo Parent Society, you'll find all the things that, that we've got going on. In my walk as a single mom, I'm always looking for these people who have done it well and these people who have gone before me. I call them lighthouses, you know, just these people that as you're kind of in this fog a little bit that are along the journey lighting the way. And Robert definitely has been a lighthouse for me. I just hope that some of what he shared in this conversation today maybe sparked a little excitement about being able to work through some of these things and discover what it is that God has for you in this solo season. To help you along the way, there's some things that you might be interested in that Agape Moms has available for single moms. The first is a private Facebook group called Beloved Collective. And there you're able to connect with other single moms and just talk about the things that you're going through. Share those victories, share those struggles, and ask for prayer requests. We'd love to have you there. And all you need to do is go to Facebook, 
find us at Agape Moms. And if you click on the groups link there, you will be connected to Beloved Collective. In addition to Facebook, you can join us on Instagram and get a little encouragement in your daily scroll. And that's also at Agape Moms. I've also recently launched a weekly video devotional on the Agape Moms YouTube channel. And I'll have a link to this also in the show notes. But if you'd like to take what you've heard here on the podcast and dive a little deeper into applying that into your life, that's what that weekly devotional is all about. So again, you can subscribe to Agape Moms on YouTube and get notifications when those videos become available. If you'd like to help and reach out to other single moms, there's a very simple way that you can do that. If you would leave a rating or a review on whatever service you're using to stream this podcast, that actually does a lot to help other women to discover the Christian Single Moms podcast and Agape Moms. I'm so thankful to have you along on this journey with me, and I just pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.